This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by One Planet Yarn and Fiber, a unique global marketplace. Visit the shop online at www.oneplanetyarnandfiber.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. everybody, welcome, and thank you for joining me today for episode 37. Thank you too for all of your comments, messages, and emails. I get a lot of really nice, kind notes, and I just really appreciate each and every one of them. So thank you very much. So for this episode, I have some fun things to share with you. But first, as always, I'd like to start out by announcing the winner of episode 36's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment under the episode show notes was entered to win two skeins of the new Amy Butler yarn and a copy of her new knitting book. I randomly chose between all of the entries and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Lisa Cash. Congratulations. So Lisa, when you hear this, please get in touch with me right away. You can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com so that I can get your shipping information and get this prize mailed right out to you. Thank you all for entering. Now on to knitting. Hmm. Honestly, the past few weeks, I just have not been knitting that much. And this isn't like me. I mean, the name of this podcast is Never Not Knitting, right? So, obviously, this new not knitting thing is just not me. And it's just because I have not been feeling well lately, and that's just really affected my knitting life, unfortunately. I really do miss my knitting. I not only miss the relaxing act of knitting, but also the love that I have for my knitting. I really miss that usual excitement I have for my projects. When I'm not feeling well, I just find that it's really hard for me to keep my focus. But I really hope that I feel better soon because knitting and the planning of my projects is one of the great joys of my life. I never get sick of it. Well, except when I am sick myself. I guess. So yes, I unfortunately have definitely slowed down on the knitting front, but hopefully not for long. One knitting thing that I do have to report though is that I finished my new women's garment pattern. For those of you who enjoy knitting my children's spring garden tee, you'll be happy to hear that I now have an adult version available. Now, I didn't originally plan on making an adult size version, but the child's tee was really popular and so many knitters request it for adults. So I just decided to do it and I hope that you really like it. When I first started the design, I initially just took the easy route and started knitting a big size of the existing pattern. Halfway through the yoke though, I realized that, well, 
I hated it. I tried it on and I just felt like an adult wearing a little girl's top. And maybe that's because I've just seen the top so many times on my daughter or something. And I don't know, but it just looked really silly. And I didn't want to feel like if I wore it that me and my daughter were just matching for the day or something. It's not too common where a woman and a four-year-old can wear the same style. You know what I mean? So after much ripping out and redoing, and I mean a lot of ripping out and redoing, I decided to go for a design that mimicked the children's tee, but included design elements that were more sophisticated and more flattering to an adult figure. So now the adult version has a beautiful wide scoop neckline, which is my personal favorite. I think it looks really pretty on many different figures. And it also includes waist shaping, which is really flattering to a woman's figure, and it keeps the garment laying nicely and keeps it from looking boxy. I also extended the length on the adult version. I happen to like a longer length top on myself, but if you don't, it would be really easy to modify that in the pattern. You just stop knitting wherever you'd like and do the edging. But I think that the longer length looks really nice. So even though the adult version has a lot of things that are different about it, it still has the same construction. It's still knit from the top down in one piece, which is a favorite among many. And like the child's version, it still has the little lacy cap sleeves. Well, they're not exactly the same. I kind of toned them down a little bit. On the child's version, they're more pronounced and they have a few pearl rows before the lace begins. I thought that just looked kind of silly sized up. So for the adult version, it still has the lace. I got rid of the pearl rows, so it's a little bit more subtle. And also the lace section isn't quite as long. So it's just a nice little detail, but it's not overwhelming. So after all of these changes, I ended up with what I feel is a very elegant, feminine, basic tee. It's simple, it has a nice shape to it, and I think that that sets off the little lacy sleeves really nicely. In my opinion, a simple piece with a little feminine detail is something that is very wearable, opposed to, say, a top with an intricate lace pattern all over the place. Now, that's pretty too, but I might only wear a top like that for special occasions or with only certain outfits or something. But with this tee, because it is very basic, I think that makes it very versatile. I knit the sample tee in a pretty goldish tan color that goes with everything. And if you knit it in a nice neutral color like that or your favorite color, this tee could stand alone, dressed up with a skirt for a nice evening out. Or as the weather gets cooler, you could easily pair it with a nice pair of jeans and a cardigan. I hope you'll find it to be a nice hand-knit staple in your wardrobe. I know that with my daughter's tee, the design was very versatile. While it still fit her, she wore that tee so much. To dressy and casual occasions, it was a great little piece and it held up super well. I really would love to make her another one for this year. Now, as you know, 
the yarn choice for a project can affect a lot. For the child's tea, I used Roland Calmer, which is a wonderful yarn to work with. I just can't say it enough good things about it. I really do love that yarn. And it was great for the children's version. It's soft, it wore well, but for the adult tea, Roland Calmer was not exactly the look I was going for. I wanted something more sleek, something more sophisticated, and something that would drape really well on the body. The Rowan Calmer is cute for girls, but it produces kind of more of a stiffer fabric, and I didn't think that that would be quite as flattering on a woman's frame. So for the adult design, I decided to go with a beautiful yarn from one of my favorite online shops, One Planet Yarn and Fiber. I tried a few yarns, and the yarn that I ended up using for the pattern just turned out so beautiful and is just perfect. And this yarn is the 100% bamboo yarn from the company Be Sweet. And this is the yarn that I'll be highlighting in this episode. So I guess that means it's time for me to... Bring on the product reviews. Be Sweet Bamboo is so pretty. There are just so many, so many things I could say. This yarn is a super soft, silky, DK weight, 100% bamboo that is available in about a zillion gorgeous colorways. Each ball contains 110 yards per 50 grams and comes sweetly wound in these little yarn cakes with these cute little labels wrapped around. I just love it. Now this is my first time working with a 100% bamboo yarn, but it definitely will not be my last. The bamboo is soft, drapey, and has this lovely sheen to it. It seems like it would be something that would be so wonderful and cool to wear against your skin, like the perfect yarn for spring and summer. Another interesting thing that I didn't know that is mentioned on the label and it says that this bamboo yarn is naturally antibacterial. I don't know how that works, but that sounds really good to me. Now the neat thing about the Be Sweet bamboo is that it's hand dyed, so it's not a true, true solid. There are these little slight tonal variations through the skein, but it's very subtle, which I like. It's really pretty. It, it's not distracting, it just adds a lot of depth to the color. It's just gorgeous. As you know, each yarn has different characteristics. So here's a few things to keep in mind when working with bamboo. While I was knitting up my top, at first I was super freaked out because I was finding that the bamboo seemed to show every little mistake. If I knit a few stitches more loosely than others, it was just plain as day, just right there. You could see it from a mile away, those loose stitches. It was terrible. And a few times I dropped a stitch and then I had to weave it back up into place. And it was just so obvious. I felt like the yarn showed every bump and just every imperfection. And I was starting to get a little bit worried. But since I had a deadline with this tea, I really just kind of had to let that go and move on. So I did, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see that when I blocked the top, all of those stitches blocked out 
perfectly. After blocking, I couldn't find one single imperfection. So when you're knitting with it, I'm just warning you ahead of time. Don't get discouraged if you see little bumps in your knitting while your work is still on the needle. With this yarn, blocking works wonders. So don't give up on your project quite yet. One more thing. Bamboo is super, super drapey, which I happen to like for a garment. I think that it looks really nice. The downside of this, though, is that it can stretch with wear. I found that to be true with 100% silk as well. So just remember to keep that in mind when you're choosing your garment size. If you'd like to make the spring garden tee and are in between sizes, I suggest going down in size rather than up. And then that way you'll account for any stretching that might occur. Some fibers just do that. Sheep's wool is the only natural fiber that I've found that just really holds its shape well. Others just tend to stretch. Washing the item always helps to shrink it back to where it belongs though. Despite the learning curve, however, I really did enjoy my first experience with knitting 100% bamboo. And I think that Be Sweet Bamboo is just a beautiful product. And it's not just the yarn itself that's great. There is a really, really neat story behind this company as well. So I was looking up on their website and they have a short little article that explains what their company is all about. So I'll go ahead and share that with you because I think it's really interesting. So the Be Sweet mission that's mentioned on the website says this. Be Sweet, a company with a conscience, was founded on the principle of being kind to others. Nadine Curtis created Be Sweet in 2003 while living in Cape Town, South Africa. Be Sweet's mission, to bring socially and environmentally friendly products to fashionable consumers that evoke an individual style and help support community development around the world. B-Suite began with Curtis wholesaling a handful of handmade items to boutiques in Northern California and upstate New York. B-Suite's products can now be found in over 200 boutique stores in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., France, Sweden, Austria, and Japan. B-Suite works with several job creation programs in South Africa by giving artisans the confidence and the means to support themselves and their families in an otherwise economically depressed region. The empowerment groups have grown to include over 200 villagers, mostly female members of the Hosa tribe, who live in Cape Town, the Eastern Cape region, and Johannesburg. Participants are responsible for making mohair, bamboo, and organic cotton yarns, accessories, and home goods. Many of the women depend on their work for their survival, with the help of experienced program directors, the women are able to work in stable environments where they can earn a fair wage, learn a new skill, and enjoy their jobs. I started Be Sweet to support artisans by bringing their products to a wider market of conscious consumers interested in beautiful things that fund community development. Our products embody the ideals of beauty, creativity, and resourcefulness. Be Sweet also donates a portion of its profits to the Shaw Park School a primary and secondary school in the Eastern Cape, where many of the participants' children attend. Together, we can make a difference. So, as you can see, this is a really great company with amazing products. B-Suite carries some of the most unusual, interesting yarns that I have ever seen. 
recently I got to see the entire line of Be Sweet in person, and their yarns are just unbelievable. Sure, they've got their basic bamboo, like I used, and also some basic cotton, but they also have these crazy yarns made from banana silk, t-shirt material, and even yarn with felted balls strung on. It's really amazing. It's a sight to see. It's all very funky and creative. In talking to the B-Suite representative, she explained that all of these really fun novelty yarns come from using up scraps and recycling materials, which I think is a really neat concept. One of my most favorite novelty yarns that B-Suite produces is their Magic Ball, which is all of these different kinds of unique yarns tied together. Ribbons and hand-dyed yarns and slubby yarns. It's just really cool. As you knit with the Magic Ball, the fabric changes color and texture, which would really keep your interest while knitting. One Planet carries the Be Sweet Magic Ball, so you'll have to go take a look on their site. The colors are super gorgeous. So if the Be Sweet yarns and story pique your interest, you'll be happy to know that as this episode's sponsor, One Planet Yarn and Fiber is offering 10% off the entire online shop to the Never Not Knitting listeners for the month of June. To get your discount, all you'll need to do is enter in the special code NNK6 in the checkout process. One Planet offers a nice little selection of Be Sweet yarns, as well as several other gorgeous yarns that I'm sure you've heard me gushing about in previous episodes. I'm sure you'll find something there that you like. I know I have. Additionally, One Planet is offering a kit for my new adult spring garden tea pattern in the Bee Sweet Bamboo. The kit includes the pattern and the yarn you'll need to make the project. The kit is currently available in the beautiful champagne color I used for my tea, as well as a lovely green that I picked out, of course. But if these colors don't appeal to you, the shop owner says that she'd be happy to order the kit in any color that you'd like. So if you're interested in the kit, now would be a great time to purchase it so that you can take advantage of that 10% off discount for June. I know that you'll love working with this lovely yarn. I'm just putting some final touches on the pattern, so my new design should be released today or tomorrow. One thing you'll notice that's a little different about this pattern is that this is the first one that either my daughter or I haven't modeled for. I haven't exactly felt very modely lately since I've been feeling so rotten. So I asked the very, very beautiful Julie Crawford from the Knitted Bliss blog to model and photograph for me, and she did an exceptional job. So thank you again so much, Julie. I discovered Julie's blog several months ago, and I pretty much just want to make every single thing that she posts about because her pictures and styling are just so, so pretty. So I just knew that she would be the one for the job. You can find her blog at www.knittedbliss.com and I'll be providing a link in the show notes. Her projects are just amazing, so you must go take a look. So, as I said, 
I really hope to release this pattern very soon, but as we speak, there is already a knit along for this design forming in the Never Not Knitting Ravelry group. So go ahead and hop on over and sign up if you're interested in participating. This knit along will be for the adult tee or for the child's version, which I will be releasing in extended sizes shortly. And don't worry, this knit along, just like the others that I've had, they don't have strict deadlines. It's just for fun. And if you haven't joined a knit along before, you should. They're really great. It's so fun to share progress pictures with other knitters that are making the same project as you. And also it's a great place to get help and support if you get stuck on something, which hopefully you won't. I'll be linking to the knit along in this episode's show notes for those of you who are interested in checking it out. Now, what would this episode be without another drawing giveaway for you to enter? Everyone who leaves a comment under this episode's show notes, episode 37, will be entered to win a copy of the brand new Adult Spring Garden Tea Pattern, as well as a skein of the Bee Sweet Bamboo provided by One Planet Yarn and Fiber in the color of your choice. This is a great opportunity to swatch up the yarn and see if you like it. So just head on over to OnePlanetYarnAndFiber.com, pick out your favorite color from the current selection, and tell me in your comment which shade you hope to win. You have until June 15th to enter, and I'll be announcing the winner on the following podcast episode. This episode's knitting story is brought to you by Nick from County Wicklow, Ireland. If you are a returning listener to this podcast, you'll recognize Nick. She's been a regular contributor, and I never tire of her stories or her lovely Irish accent. I now present her latest story of The Knitter's Blush. Every knitting project is a success. This we know. Sadly, many projects don't quite work out as we dreamed they would. They don't fit properly. The yarn isn't right, or goodness knows we may have made some mistakes. Usually, though, however much we like to blame the pattern, the yarn, or the weather, we can take responsibility for what went wrong. Probably every knitter has a true horror story lurking somewhere. My knitting history is littered with battles hard fought. Some won, some lost, but none so dreadful as the knitter's blush. It began as a very innocent little project indeed, a dressy child's coat for a very special occasion and a very special child. A couple of years ago a friend of mine adopted a little girl, and planned a special ceremony to welcome her into her family. I had already promised to knit anything my friend wanted for this little girl, so she asked me to make a special coat for her to wear at the ceremony. We picked a pattern, she chose the yarn, and I had about six months to do it. No problem. Of course, you already know it didn't work out quite like that. The story does have a happy ending, but there were a few traumas along the way. The first problem was the pattern itself. No, really, honestly, it was. Specifically the sizing. I had perfect gauge and was knitting with the recommended yarn, but no matter what I did, the measurements were off. All went well for the skirt part, but the length of the back just would not come right. Just would not. I followed the directions for the back as they were written, 
at least I'm fairly sure that I did, and knit it several times. I knit the specified number of rows, but the entire length of the coat came out 9 centimetres too long. Of course, I didn't realise this until after I had completed the left and the right fronts, matching the instructions for the back, because I was knitting in the round. Even though it did seem to be getting a bit long, and the top section seemed out of proportion to the bottom section, I kept going. I blame my native stubbornness in the face of a closing deadline for the fact that I ignored all my knitting instincts and just knitted on. Very relieved to be finished the body, I started and finished a sleeve, at which point my dreams came crashing down around me. There was no way the sleeve was going to fit. No way, not on your Nelly, not in this lifetime. I did my very best to blame the sleeve, but it seemed that the sleeve was indeed the correct size and proportion for the size required. And the difference was too great to be fudged. That's a pity, because I'm a great fan of fudging, if it's an option. Furious and frantic over the deadline, I ripped out the coat and re-knit the upper three sections, left, back and front, to match the sleeve. Success. Phew! Quick, knit another sleeve and seam it up. Fabulous. Well done. Now block it. And here comes the biggest and worst knitting disaster that has ever befallen me. Are you sitting down? Go and get a cup of coffee. No, get a drink of something stronger. Just make sure you are fortified and be calm. I washed the coat ever so gently by hand using my sample of soak. Lovely stuff. I even followed the instructions, which is not always the case with this impatient hurry-it-up knitter but I was unusually compliant over this very important project. I should mention, by the way, that the coat was a lovely ivory colour in a beautiful bamboo silk yarn. After its little soak in the uh, soak, I carefully took out the coat and laid it on a towel. Oh my goodness, it was covered in bright red stains. Fortunately, the damage was mostly limited to the lower edge, where there was a lovely scalloped stitch pattern. I was so shocked I couldn't believe it. If you could imagine getting red wine spilt down the front of your white wedding dress, that's what it was like. I remembered that there had been several red, hair-thin threads throughout the yarn, mostly in the first ball. I had picked them out as I went along, short, stiff threads and a very bright red. There had also been some tiny red balls of this thread, about the size of a pinhead, which I had also removed. Obviously there had been some threads that I missed, and they bled bright and red all over the place. It was a massacre. I was only about four days away from the deadline, so this was serious. My first solution was a desperate move. I decided I would take scissors and cut off the scallop all the way around the outside, and re-knit it top down. No, that would take too long and I'm bound to screw it up under this kind of pressure. No, cut off the scallop and just cast off. After all, nobody except me and you knows there's supposed to be two rows of these scallops. That's it. That's the solution. Fortunately, I couldn't do this straight away. I had to go and meet my parents. As you may know, my parents both knit, and they'd been waiting to see the result of this fabulous coat. When I told them what had happened, and explained my proposed solution, they went pale and lapsed into shocked silence. I don't know if it was the red dye or the prospects of taking the scissors to the coat that was worse. Good thing they were sitting down. It just so happened that a friend of mine came along then. She's a talented knitter, and a woman of great sense, as you'll see. When she heard the story, she looked at my mum and dad in horror. I can't remember who suggested it, but they agreed between themselves that I should try some bleaching product. Cutting the thing up was a last resort. At this point they weren't even consulting me, as I was obviously insane. I was relieved to have an alternative option, but not very hopeful, as they hadn't seen how widespread and how red was the stain. 
As it happened, I had a visitor that afternoon, who spent hours spooning some sort of dye-rescue remedy over the stain. It worked. The stains weren't entirely gone, but they were mostly gone, and there was just a faint blush remaining. Not for the first time. It was my mother that suggested the final saving grace, a sprinkling of white talcum powder over the pinkish bits. It worked. So, some valuable lessons were learned that day. Don't ignore your instincts. They're there for a reason. Don't follow the pattern blindly. There could be mistakes there, or better alternatives available if you have an open mind. Share your traumas as well as your triumphs with other knitters. They can save the day. In the end, the event was a great success. The knitted coat got admiration in several languages, and the child was the centre of a very special day. So that's the story of the knitter's blush. As Amos Hart says in the musical Chicago, I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time. Thank you, Nick, for contributing yet another great story to the podcast. I will be linking to the pictures of Nick's beautiful finished coat on her blog in the show notes of this episode. You must go check it out. It turned out really beautifully. If you enjoyed Nick's story of The Knitter's Blush, please also check out episodes 22 and 28 of Never Not Knitting to hear more of Nick's knitting stories. They are great. Also, if you listening can think of an interesting knitting story that you would like to share on the podcast, please email me. I'd love to hear it and possibly share it on a future episode. Again, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on ravelry.com as nevernotknitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 37. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's
it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.